0: and welcome to the bridegroom speaks. I'm Laura Ercolino and today I'm with Abby Kyle, my daughter's friend and director of evangelization for Little Flower Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana. Abby has joined us today to share with us some of her encounters with the bridegroom and her insights on what it means to be his bride this side of heaven. Her desire is to help other women to know that they truly are Christ's beloved. Hi, Abby, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your encounters with Christ the Bridegroom?
1: Well, my first encounter with Christ the Bridegroom uh, happened on July 23rd, 1993, at my baptism. (laughs) Um, And uh, that was the beginning, the beginning of my, my journey to knowing that I that I am the beloved, that was a journey that it took a long time for me to, for that um, sacramental reality of the identity that was given to me to pierce my heart um, and to wrap my heart. I had several instances um, growing up of just pursuing being the beloved in the eyes of many people who were not Christ. <laughs> and had many heartbreaks along the way. But when I was 17, and a NET missionary, um, NET stands for the National Evangelization Team, I had many encounters with Jesus. So the first, very first inkling of um, knowing I was the beloved was when I was 17 years old, and I was At a high school assembly, I went to Catholic school and a speaker named Jason Ebert came and did a a whole school presentation. And in his presentation, he preached the gospel the first time that I had ever heard the gospel. And, And the gospel proclaimed in a way that was compelling and moving and was preached by someone who truly believed in its power and someone who had been overwhelmed by the gospel. And the words that were spoken to me by Christ in that time just completely pierced my heart with love. Um, Just these truths of, I am the beloved, that Jesus wants to reclaim me for His own, that I have lost something that belonged to Him, namely my heart and my life, and I had given that love away to others in a pursuit that a pursuit that truly that hurt His heart, um, that He He didn't want to see me giving my love away to others, but spoke to me that in an instant I could be reclaimed. And that my dignity, which was never truly lost, but was in my own eyes could be restored. So I'm
0: just thinking, I'm just coming to my mind. It's like a woman at the well experience.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Very much echoes of that episode of the chosen Ah. where Jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) meets the woman at the well, minus maybe a little bit of her snarkiness. I'm not sure I was quite so snarky. (laughs) And even truly, even in the gospel, she has an attitude with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I feel like my attitude with Jesus has persisted long, long after I have (laughs) understood that I'm a beloved and he, he knows he's told me he can handle it. Yeah. Just this moment of him saying, I am he, you know, I am the one, I am the one you've been waiting for. I'm the one you've been longing for, which just completely changed the trajectory of my life. And at that point, just opened up all of these doors, possibilities I never would have considered before. Serving with Nett was one of those doors that he just flung open for me. And there was just one particular moment uh, during our training where the women were set apart and we're going to have what they called women's liturgy. And I didn't know anything about this, but prior to the mass, we all prepared our own crowns they had beads and flowers and ribbons and we each kind of crafted, crafted our, our crown. And then they told us, okay, go and like put on like your nicest clothes and then come back for liturgy. And we did the, I remember the homily being particularly moving and it's just what a, what a grace. This is a little bit of an aside, but just I just, the what a grace it is for women to, Attend liturgy together, just as a sisterhood, is so incredible. Yes. And also for women to worship together, I, I think that it's just such a delight for our Lord to hear his daughters singing his praises. And he's just he's crafted the female voice to just be something so lovely. And I was just really struck by that, I, I don't think I'd ever been to a liturgy that was just women, just us women together. It comes time for communion and the regular standard Catholic procedure is everyone stands up and you start to file and you you know, make a, a, a line down the aisle. And uh, the women who were organizing it just had a sit down and row by row took us um, around the back. Um, so we were in the back of the chapel and the chapel aisle was lined with candles and we were, each of us women, able to walk down the aisle completely on our own and receive Jesus, the bridegroom
0: in the Eucharist. Wow. Um, what a march. Just, we each got to truly be his chosen bride. Mm-hmm and walk up to your bridegroom that's beautiful
1: yeah and even just the the amazing thing it was to be able to gaze at him this is so funny I had not remembered this until until just now but I remembered that the priest who was distributing Jesus in the Eucharist held the host up the Uh, the entire time that you were walking the aisle so that you could just lock lock eyes just gaze at Jesus, wow. as you walked towards him.
0: Um, powerful.
1: Oh, so beautiful. It's just, it's just one of those, again, this, this particular this particular love of Jesus for me. And really, that was like the, the consummating love, right? Like the, the complete, right. total union with our bridegroom. I had had moments with Jesus prior to that, but nothing like this. This was a unique, unrepeatable encounter with him that changed the trajectory of of my life as far as how i relate to him um that i'm not just
0: friend but i'm bride bride spouse mm-hmm. and what does that mean what does that mean to you and you you are you are married correct i have been married
1: to my husband for 5 years we just celebrated our anniversary a few weeks ago and thank you <laughs> And marriage has been a big part of my understanding of what it means to be bride, but so many aspects, I think Jesus is just, um, God's the architect. He's just been building my life, how he wants. So he's you know invited me into very particular apostolates. So currently I'm working at a parish with your daughter, Megan, um, which is how we got introduced so a good, a good portion of my life is just a joy. I, I wake up all the time and just think, I can't believe I'm getting paid to go to work today. I just get to sit around and have cup upon cup of coffee and sit with people and have conversations. <laughs> um, it's just the dream. One particular thing, my husband and I have struggled with infertility for the five years of our marriage. And while, while that's a, a chapter, a part, a part of my life, for sure, what I am so Um, confidence in is that Jesus is using my availability to be able to bring people closer to him. Even just, you know, we don't have to worry about kids for bedtime. So if someone needs to come over to our house and we need to pray with them, that we can do that. And if we need to host small groups or, or bring, uh, singles or celibates or newly married couples or young adults or high schoolers, or bring them into our house and just be kind of a spiritual home and a shelter for people. We've just been so confident that that's been part of our life. That's part of what Jesus has been asking us to
0: do. It's like, he's made you spiritual mothers and spiritual father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's teaching you spiritual parenthood. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it doesn't, like you said, it does not take away the ache, but he is fulfilling it in a, in a different, in a different way. Absolutely. That's one message that Jesus has been just speaking to me in general is actually
1: is be content with the longing. Yes. Um, see him in the longing. And also that he doesn't, he doesn't dismiss our desires, but he he's the one who can speak the context of our longings and that he's the fulfillment. He's the fulfillment of our desire.
0: Right. He's the fulfillment of all desire. And so giving him that longing and that aching and then trusting him that he knows the best way to fulfill it. You know, Um, I think sometimes that's part of it too, is that we have this limited view and these expectations of what will fulfill us. And then we miss how he's already, giving us the comfort and fulfillment that we long for because maybe mm-hmm. he's not giving it to us in the way that we thought it should come.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So having that openness is beautiful. That's yes. And there's always something that he's asking us to say
1: yes to. That's been a constant word he's been sharing with me is that it's never it's never no just for the sake of no, but it's always no for the sake of a greater yes. And that yes might change. I, I have learned a lot recently that I, I cannot be attached to anything right. but him. Sometimes I'm even attached to my yeses of what he's asking me to do. and know that there, there might be a time where the thing he's asking me to say yes to, he's gonna ask me to say no to soon. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things he's been teaching me in this time of my illness, it, right along those same lines, is to be mm-hmm. to be detached even from what I think it means to be giving him expressions of love, like what I think it means mm-hmm. to love him. You know, for mm-hmm. a long time I thought going to daily mass and weekly adoration. I mean, this is how I show you how much I love you, and I haven't been able to do that in nearly a year now. But he keeps asking me, "Will you love me the way I desire to be loved? Like, will you even detach mm-hmm. from what you think?" is how you should love me. Mm -hmm. And let me direct even that, you know, he asks for total detachment, detachment from whether we're healthy or we're sick, you know, like just a detachment from, from everything, just keeping our focus totally on him and his will. Amen. One thing that came up for me, Abby, as you were speaking was you made the point that in that moment of piercing your heart that you are his beloved that he has chosen you that you belong to him that then it changed the whole trajectory of your life and that suddenly doors and opportunities opened right yes and so the thought that went through my head is how beautiful and true it is that true freedom it does not lie in the freedom to do whatever we please but that freedom came to you when you realize that you belong wholly to God, that you are his. And then all of a sudden there was this freedom to make these choices and to do these things for him. So it's like Mm -hmm. this freedom to make yourself a gift to Mm -hmm. God, not to do necessarily whatever you please, but to entrust yourself to him and to be in this loving mutual relationship with him. That's what gave you this Freedom and a new direction in your life. Is that, does that sound like I heard? Yeah,
1: correct?
0: 100%. <laughs> Those words just rang in my head. This is true freedom. Belonging to me, belonging to the bridegroom is, is where our true freedom lies. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com. The sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families.